Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 84, Disney for One. I'm Tom and joining me tonight is Matt. Hey, what's up everybody? And Pete. Hey, I'm Pete. Oh wait, we don't have Pete on the episode tonight. That is certainly a change, but yeah, we'll continue on. We are three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I gotta say, Tom, I think you've replaced Pete. That was an excellent, excellent intro. And that was without any uh, practice. I, I, most of it kind of came from memory. I had to look back at my script to make sure I was doing it correctly. But uh, as you guys can tell, we don't have our fearless leader, Pete. We had a crazy scheduling week, and this was the only time that at least two of us could do it. And the other day, it was kind of iffy if even one of us could do it. So Matt and I are going to step up to the plate and bring you the podcast. I mean, I feel like our listeners know, you know, I'm on the podcast fairly frequently, but Pete never misses, never misses. So I feel kind of good to be on a podcast that Pete's not on. I'll tell you, Matt and I were debating before the episode. I think Pete has missed one, but Matt swears he's missed none. So there certainly is a first time for everything regardless, because 84 episodes in. It's, it's, It's wild. Well, anywho, we will uh, we will power through. We've got a cool topic tonight. We think um, you could probably guess it in the title uh, of, of Disney for One. This is actually doing a solo Disney trip. Uh, it's something that Matt has planned, but then Pete saved the day and joined him. And Matt almost planned another one uh, this past year. So he's got a lot of experience in this, and we're excited to dive right in. But before we do that, uh, we're going to go to Tom. Oh, wait, I guess we're going to go to me with the news. Uh, one, Disney has shared a first look at the new Bo Peep character uh, that will be coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. If you've listened to our, the podcast at all, we've mentioned Bo Peep. I can confirm that there formerly was a Bo Peep in Disney World, but this would be the Bo Peep that is from Toy Story 4. So she looks identical to what her character, her cartoon character will look like in that movie, which is more of like a, I don't know how to describe it, more of like a in-action Bo Peep versus the formerly dressed you know, Bo Peep that you would you would have come to know in the Toy Story franchise. Staying with Hollywood Studios here, ABC Commissary has reopened after its refurbishment. Uh, They did have a refurbishment that took place. There's some new decor, furnishing, and self-serve beverage stations uh, in the dining location now. Guests also can make reservations through the My Disney Experience app, which we've hit in in previous episodes. And it's kind of a fast, casual experience where guests can order at the counter and have a seat while their order is being prepared and then delivered to them. Uh, So that's exciting. Moving over to Epcot, we've kind of chronicled this with the leave a legacy monuments you know through the concept art disney announced they were going to move them they are now halfway removed so the construction walls have gone up around the leave a legacy monuments that were inside of epcot they're not going away forever they're going to be on the outside of epcot but they have uh, about half the concrete slabs have been taken out which means i would assume in the next week or so all traces of leave a legacy will be removed from the front of epcot and you know, we've we could argue about it or have an episode about it, but I, I think in general, this is going to increase the aesthetics around Epcot. I think the entrance will look better. And as much as I feel bad for the people who purchased Leave Legacy knowing that it would be in Epcot, 
at least it'll still be at Disney World, just not inside of the park, if that was a huge deal. Staying with Epcot, there's some new icons coming to the Epcot pavilions. I don't know any other way to explain it to you other than maybe you you guys just kind of Google it to look at them. There's no way for me to describe them to you. Uh, It looks like there will be new pavilion icons for Imagination, The Land, and The Seas with Nemo and Friends. Again, I'm, I'm looking at them right now trying to figure out how I could describe them to you, but just a lot of changes going on. Uh, I, I think with everything going on with Galaxy's Edge and Tron and all the exciting things coming to Disney World, that Epcot, that this change may get overlooked slightly. As we mentioned on a couple episodes ago, uh, Eat to the Beat is like a concert series, concert schedule uh, for the Food and Wine Festival this year that will be coming to Epcot. And the performer schedule has been listed. I think we had a couple to name on our last one. Still, I mean, some of the, the bigger names were probably Plain White Tees, the Almond Betts Band, um, Sugar Ray's coming, Boyce Avenue, who is who's, who uh, new and added to it, they're coming, uh, Baja Men, Billy Ocean. It's just a long list of folks that will be performing between August 29th and November 19th. D Capella, uh, which is Disney's acapella band, will be there November 19th. I would assume that would be a huge showing. I, I would think... I've seen them on YouTube. They are fantastic. I've seen them perform on various television networks, and they are really, really talented. So if I could circle a date for myself, November 19th is when I would want to go. But keep that in mind. Uh, This will be something that is at Disney World this year. And as I mentioned, August 29th will be the first first day for food and wine, which obviously coincides with uh, some other big news I will hit here at uh, at the end of the news segment. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, Hollywood celebrations are officially coming to Pandora, the world of Avatar. I know Disney's tried to make this world feel as foreign or alien and separated from our world as they can. However, they announced that it's starting in 2019. This land will be getting special holiday enhancements around December. According to Disney, the holiday celebrations in Pandora will uh, involve the expats living and working on the moon of Pandora, bringing a little Christmas time fun to their alien home. I don't know exactly what's going to come. I know there will be some holiday decor, uh, some vintage pieces from Earth with items handcrafted from materials uh, from Pandora, I guess. And it'll it'll be fun. I mean, I, I think when Disney, I think the more Disney can decorate, the better as far as Christmas is concerned for me. But I'm a Christmas nut, so I will certainly check this out in December when I go to Disney World. Uh, we will we'll report back. How, what do we think? How do we think it looks? You know, I, I would say that. Where Disney has extended their decorating, you typically have gotten positive reviews. Look at Hollywood Studios last year. I would say Hollywood Studios was the most decorated it's ever been, and I don't know if anyone complained. You know, it snowed in Hollywood Studios, similar to how it snows in Magic Kingdom. You had Christmas time shows, fireworks, you had Christmas decorations all over the place. And I think everyone was quite thrilled with it because everyone, no matter if you love Christmas or you're kind of lukewarm on it, it's fun to get into the Christmas spirit. And, you know, Disney, look at Disney Springs, for example. Disney Springs packed the place with with uh, Christmas time decorations, and it went over extremely well. Disney plays a little Christmas jingle. I'm sure they'll have some sort of Pandora-versioned Christmas music that will play in the background as you explore the, the you know, section of that park, uh, of Animal Kingdom, rather. And I would imagine that you would still hear the animals kind of interacting with the music and the guests as they walk through. So that's exciting that they are bringing holiday celebrations to Pandora, the world of Avatar. I cannot wait to see how creative Disney gets with this. 
And the last bit of news that we're going to hit, and, I, and I'll go ahead and warn you, we're going to have a full episode on this next week. Galaxy's Edge has opened in Disneyland. And I know we stress we only cover Disney World on this, but this is such big news, and it's going to directly impact Disney World in just a few months, that we have done all the research we can. We've talked to folks. We've watched videos. We are well-equipped to discuss Galaxy's Edge, and you'll get a full episode of that next week. But I have to hit it on the news. Galaxy's Edge opened. They had a media event on, I believe, Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday was the official opening date. Uh, I do believe it is reservation only through the entire month of June. So if you are heading out to Disneyland, don't go assuming that you can just walk right into Galaxy's Edge. It is a uh, reservation-only experience right now. It's a four-hour window that you are allowed with that reservation. And from all I've heard, four hours is not enough. But it is, you know, you, you, know, you, can't, you can't be selfish, right? Everyone's trying to get in and see it. You know, I, the videos I've seen, it is... Like you think if you if you've been to Pandora, the world of Avatar, and that's immersive to you, you haven't seen anything. This is without a doubt the most immersive experience I've ever seen Disney World implement. And and without giving any spoilers for it, I mean, it you literally look like you're on another planet. The food I've heard is eh, okay, weird, unique, right? Because you're you're on another planet, and it's one of the cool things I noticed in one of the videos. You have legitimately the main characters of Star Wars. So Chewbacca, for example, just meandering around the park, which you would never see, ever see in normal parks, right? With, you know, for example, let's look at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal. You don't have a Hagrid wandering the streets or a or a Harry Potter wandering the streets. Disney's, Disney's taking it to the next step. And Disneyland in general, if you've never been out there, Typically, they're, they're, uh, the Disneyland visitors are calmer around characters. Whereas Disney World, you don't necessarily see characters wandering a good bit. In Disneyland, it's pretty common for, for big characters to wander. I'll be interested to see if they let the wandering occur at, as well at Disney World. Of course, there's a character handler with them, but for the most part, they're going where they want to go, they're doing what they want to do, and they're interacting with the visitors. I hope it wasn't just like an opening weekend thing. I hope that's how they continue to operate that park because it does make it feel more like you're there. Uh, the, the landscaping's ridiculous. And, and we're going to, like I said, I could spend, we, we will spend an entire episode talking about this. So please, please, please come back next week and uh, you're going to get a whole bunch of Star Wars because we're obviously, obviously thrilled to to discuss what's been in the works for quite a number of years now that that has finally landed at Disneyland and will soon be landing at Disney World. Well, that'll do it for our news this week. Obviously very excited that Galaxy's Edge is finally here. While it's in Disneyland, not the park we cover, it's still cool that we've seen all the footage online and read the articles, and I cannot wait. It made me even more excited for it to come to Disney World. But uh, now it's time to get into the main topic. But before we do that, let's have a moment to uh, step away and listen to our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. 
a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. So into our main topic tonight, you know, Tom mentioned it, I have thought about doing a Disney on my own trip numerous times. Uh, one time I was all locked in and I told Pete that I was going and he said, meet you there. You're covering the hotel room, I'm there. So we had a good time five or six years ago. But you know, the thing that I think about with a, a Disney on your own trip is, you know, Tom, how do you think you fall into that? Is it something you would plan for? Or for me, it's always been, I'm going to be in Orlando for work, so I'm going to try and get a Disney while I'm there. Have you ever thought about doing a Disney trip, just you outside of work? So I think for, for me personally, the Disney on your own, the Disney for one, the solo Disney trip would almost be something you stumble into. You know, I, it certainly is A-OK -okay to plan a Disney trip on your own, but a lot of people enjoy going to Disney with family, friends, relatives, uh, you name it, they'll go to Disney. The significant others. If I were to actually plan a Disney trip, it would have to be something probably related to being down in Orlando for work or another reason for me to go to Disney. I probably would not, you know, 60 days out plan a Disney solo trip. But I think that, you know, as we dive into this topic, you know, how should you plan? So let's say that it's not work related. You want to go to Disney and how are you going to do it? The first thing that I think of when I think about people doing solo trips at Disney are people that live in the Florida area, Orlando area, and they have an annual pass. So they go to Disney when they have free time and they just, they go. So I think what we're going to talk about tonight are not really those people. We're talking about the people that want to go to Disney World, maybe can't get a group of folks together. So how should you start planning? The first thing that I would recommend is spend some time researching when you would like to go. So maybe it's a long holiday weekend. You know, we just have Memorial Day. Maybe it's, you know, 4th of July and you got two extra days at the end of the week or something like that. But other times to think about going are, you know, big festivals like Epcot Food and Wine. Um, we've talked a lot on this podcast about Villain Night or a special, you know, not so scary event that's happening in, around Halloween. What do you think, Tom? I mean, how would you plan to go if you would you do a long weekend? Would you do an event? Would you do in the middle of no, you know, middle of nowhere? There's just nothing going on. You're just going to Disney. So I think, yeah, I think there's a couple different ways you could do this. I totally agree with the long holiday weekend aspect because you do... Going to Disney solo, I'd imagine you want to go for long enough to enjoy Disney, but not long enough where you're hitting the parks for 10 straight days solo. So I think a long holiday weekend's a really good idea. Now, pairing it with something like the Epcot Food and Wine Festival is where I want to spend some time because I know people who have done solo Disney trips, and they said that you make unbelievable friends floating through the pavilions because oftentimes there's other people doing the same thing. So if you're doing the food and wine, there's a very good chance you could link up with a group meet them and enjoy the rest of your day with them. And that's the thing that, you know, I immediately thought of with Epcot food and wine, the way they set up the pavilions and they set up the tables, which are meant for you to come stand up, you know, share a table with people. You're going to get the opportunity to speak to people. So you're going to get a chance to know somebody, or maybe you link up however, you know, however you do, like Tom mentioned, 
But another idea I thought about, and I know that, um, you know, Pete's wife and you, Tom, your wife as well, talked about doing like princess marathons or, you know, go for a run weekend. That's a great opportunity to go do something you enjoy, like, you know, running. <laughs> I don't like to run, but some people do. This crazy's out there. But that's a very good opportunity for you to meet new people right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. You know, we're, we're actually going to go down. My wife is going to run the Disney Half Marathon. And they we're going with a group of people, but I'd be stunned if they didn't meet someone along the way in the race that uh, we end up hanging out with at some point of the day. So I totally agree there. So the next thing I would say about when to go is if you are going on a solo Disney trip and you've never been to Disney World at Christmas or you've never been for Halloween, you've never been for Mickey's Not So Scary, you've never been, you know, at a certain time of year you'd like to go and it works out for you, I think that's the perfect time to go. You know, make a make a solo trip for yourself and say, look, this is, where I, this is what I want to do and I want to see the castle and I want to see the decorations and I have the opportunity to do it. Just go. I mean, find a time that's good for you. It can be your Christmas present to yourself. Totally agree. And I, and I think on top of that, because even going to Disney World alone, it's still going to be expensive. So let's go ahead and knock out, where would you stay? If, if I were going alone, I love being in the Disney bubble. And this is just me personally. I stay in, in the Hilton brand hotels a lot of nights. There is nothing special to me about being in a Doubletree Hilton, Hilton Garden Inn, whatever it is. So I would splurge and stay on property, probably at a moderate uh, maybe may, maybe value because I can, you know, for me, I can kind of rough it, I guess, if, if the value is not for you. So that would kind of be how I would think about it for me personally. I think it all comes down to your budget. You know, the biggest thing you have to be mindful about is any trip to Disney World is going to cost you a little bit of money. Whether you stay for three days, five days, 10 days, go with one person, go by yourself, go with a whole group. You know, the biggest thing you have to do is be mindful of your budget. So, you know. One of the things that I like to think about is how much time am I going to plan to spend in the room? Because if I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the room, I'm going to go for a value resort, maybe a moderate. But if I'm not going to be there, I don't want to spend a lot of money to stay there. But if I'm going to spend a lot of time and maybe at the pool, at the restaurants, at the bar, I'm going to factor that into my decision-making process. So if you're going to spend a lot of time in the, in the, in the resort, find a resort you want to actually be at. I wouldn't want to spend a whole lot of time at the all-star resorts. I just wouldn't. But I'd love to spend time at the Contemporary or the Polynesian or, you know, you name it, Coronado Springs, uh, something a little bit up, a little bit higher level. What do you think, Tom? I agree. No. And I think age comes into this a little bit. Uh, I think the younger you are, the more you probably want to stay in the parks all day. And maybe the older you get, it's nice to have a relaxing day at Disney, sit by the pool, enjoy the resort. You know, I spoke to my, my wife's family we're doing a cruise in August and they're going to come down a little bit early and, and not even going to the park, just kind of hang out at one of the uh, nicer Disney resorts. And their comment was basically, we've gone, gone to Disney and done all these nice things and stayed all these nice places, but we usually stay in the park all day. So this time we're going to go not even go in the park that one day and just relax, you know, a true vacation. So I think, I think you have a good point, Matt. So the next thing that you need to decide ahead of time is, do you want to have a park hopper pass? Do you want to be able to bounce around parks? Or are you going to spend the majority of your time in one park each day? And, you know, one park in your resort, one park, your resort in Disney Springs, you know, one park, resort, Disney Springs, and travel around Orlando. So I think this is the next big decision you have to make. And I want the flexibility. So if I was going to have a, a solo Disney trip, 
it's probably going to be shorter. It's probably not going to be five to seven days. It's probably going to be three days, four days tops. So I'm going to want the park hopper. I'm going to want to maximize my Disney trip and get to every park in that amount of time. 100% would get the park hopper. Here's my reasoning behind it. Maybe a little bit more in depth of the actually executing your trip. One, some parks are better in the morning than they are in the afternoon from a crowd level standpoint. You're alone. You don't have to worry about fast passes really because it's a lot easier to get a fast pass for one person than it is for four. So you could theoretically be in Animal Kingdom, knock out the big attractions in the morning and and have a high likelihood of being able to find one fast pass for the attraction you want in whatever park it may be you want to see the rest of the day. So because you are going to Disney solo and planning a solo trip, you have the flexibility to get uh, you to get better timed fast passes in most cases. There are certainly going to be the outliers, but for the most part, if you're looking for a fast pass for one, you can find a pretty pretty decent time, especially if you go not in the peak season of Disney World. So just like Tom's talking about right now, once you've done your research, you know how long you want to stay, you know when you want to go, you know what resort you're going to stay at, you know, either a Disney resort or you're going to stay you know, outside of the Disney bubble. And you kind of have an idea of if you want to have a park hopper pass, if you want to, you know, what you want to do. The next thing you have to do is book your trip. Let's lock it in there. Um, one of the cool things that Disney does is you can actually pay for your Disney trip months in advance, a month at a time. So you just have to have your money due, you know, before your trip starts, but you can actually kind of budget this way. So you need to book your trip and now you need to start using the, the My Disney Experience app and start planning where you want to eat, starting to get reservations, start booking fast passes like Thomas said. You know, you're going to have a lot of flexibility being a party of one on all of those things. And let me emphasize, I eat out alone every single week when I'm out for work. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't go to Disney solo and think, well, I don't want to be sitting in this restaurant by myself. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure, there are going to be a lot of families at Disney, but there's a lot of people in general at Disney. So, no one's, no one's, trust me, no one's going to look and say, oh, that person's eating alone. There's nothing wrong with it. Tons of people do solo Disney trips. So definitely don't miss out on the food and the dining experiences there at Disney World. I think it's a great point. Make sure you plan where you'd like to eat and work on those reservations. Yeah. And if you check the My Disney Experience app frequently, you know, maybe a couple times a day, you're going to be shocked at how much you can improve your overall trip just by checking that app a couple times a day. You're going to find that reservation at the restaurant you want to go to that you didn't think was possible. You're going to get that fast pass that has been booked up for the last three days you looked at it, but all of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's an opening. And guess what? You're going solo to Disney World, so you can change your entire plan up and go to and go to Animal Kingdom that day to go experience Pandora. And you can do whatever you want. You have so much flexibility. I think that's the most underrated part we haven't mentioned. It's hard to go to Disney World with other people because sometimes everyone has a different agenda. On your own trip, you're on one person's time, yours. If you want to go back and take a nap, you don't have to worry about what everybody else wants to do. If you want to eat an early dinner, a late dinner, if you don't want to ride this, if you change your mind, there's no, hey guys, I really don't want to do this. Can we change? You just talk to yourself and figure out what you want to do next. Exactly. And so once you start thinking about your Disney trip, you start planning your Disney trip and you kind of figure out exactly what you want to do and you book your trip, you're checking your My Disney Experience app and all you have to do after that is just count down the days until you're in Walt Disney World. And then it becomes easy and all the stress of the planning is, is behind you. And now it's just maximizing your time in the park. So with that being said, Tom, how about we talk about some tips 
for people that are, you know, they're going to do this. They're going to do it. They're going to go do a solo Disney trip. What kind of tips would you recommend after the planning stages? So I probably would back it up further before we get to the planning, actually. If you're considering doing a Disney trip solo, but you've been reluctant on it, next time you go to Disney with a group, wander off on your own, find some time to break away from the pack, see how that feels. If that if that feels totally unnatural, then a Disney solo trip probably isn't for you. But if you kind of enjoy the freedom and independence, that'd be my first tip when doing... We probably should have started that the episode. That'd be my first tip when doing a solo trip. Post-planning, I think you need to probably set some goals for your trip. When I, when I go somewhere to a new city, for example, it's okay, you know, my, my wife and I went to Austin, Texas. We wanted to have legitimate Tex-Mex. I mean, that was one of our goals of our trip. And that was something we kind of hunted down, picked the best one, tried it, loved it. So maybe a goal for you is to do some of the backstage tours Disney offers. Uh, you know, they have a couple different things where, you know, an engineering-based one, kind of behind the scenes. Maybe maybe one of your goals is to learn more about how the Haunted Mansion operates because there's a tour that takes you through some of the attractions of Disney World. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, like you said, Thomas, you really wanted to try Tex-Mex when you were in Austin, Texas. Maybe you really want to try a little bit of every food in every country in the World Showcase. Guess what? You can do it. You can have as big a meal or as small a meal as, small a meal as you would like. Um, one of the things I thought would be really cool is to, you know, watch a documentary or read up on the history of the Magic Kingdom. And then just, you know, make one of your days in Disney to say... I want to go see all the aspects of the Magic Kingdom that I saw in the documentary I read about in a book. I think that'd be a lot of fun to make you get a deeper connection with Walt Disney World. But, you know, another thing to do is just walk into stores or restaurants you normally wouldn't go in. You know, maybe you've always wanted to go to um, a restaurant in, you know, like I said, in the World Showcase or a restaurant in the Animal Kingdom. But your friends and your family have always said, nah, I really don't want to do that. Nah, that's not for me. Go do it. Do things you normally wouldn't. Like, here's the thing. You can be whoever you want to be on your solo Disney trip. You can do whatever you want to do. So maximize that. I would also say, you know, find ways to meet people. Like Thomas said, a lot of the a lot of people have reservations about going to Disney on a solo trip because they're saying, I'm going to miss my friends or I'm going to be by myself the entire time. That's just not true. You know, maybe pick a, a resort that's lively and has a frequent or has frequent fun events and, you know, has a lot of fun meals that are associated with the resort and take advantage of that. You know, you're, it's going to be interactive. You're going to have the opportunity to meet other people. You know, maybe go to Disney Springs and find a few bars or restaurants that seem fun. Um, you know, someplace you can hang out outside the park at night and you're going to meet people. You always meet people when you put yourself around people. Here, here's another one that I think is really important. Talk to the Disney employees. One, especially in the World Showcase, they are the, the folks that work the World Showcase are fascinating human beings who thoroughly enjoy conversation. You know, if it's a slammed line, don't sit and talk for 20 minutes to the young man or young woman that's working, you know, one of the food and wine festival areas. But, you know, there are Disney, there are Disney cast members spread out everywhere. Talk to them. Talk to your waiters. Talk to your resort st- the resort cast members. Let them know you're here on a solo trip. Disney will pull some Disney magic for you. Trust me on that. They're going to want to make your trip special. Explain to them, hey, I just want to treat myself to Disney. Here, tell them your plans. They will be genuinely interested. And even if you, I, I can't promise this, but if you slip on, you know, I really wanted to ride a flight of passage today and I haven't been able to do it, a, a fast pass may magically appear. I mean, Disney World, especially for a party of one, will go out of their way to make your trip something to remember. 
That's one of the biggest pieces of advice we can give you tonight. Everyone has that Disney magic story where Disney just stepped up and did something that you were never even thinking about happening for you on your trip. Let them know um, because they're going to do something special, even if it's you know something at the resort where it's an, a free a free lunch or something like that. It's going to be something. And while you're talking to the resort staff and you know the, the cast members and letting them know that you know you are a single a single vacation or Disney World. Please, please, please also talk to your family and friends frequently while you're in the parks, while you're on your vacation. Safety is so important. It's so important for you to let your family and your friends know your travel plans and where you should be throughout the day. You know, talk to them throughout the day to let them know you're okay and let them know what you're doing. Because, you know, as magical as Disney World is, there's still a risk in doing something on your own. So I, I just encourage you guys to to please talk to your family, let them know where you should be. Tell cast members as well, because cast members will look out for you. And the resort staff will look out for you. And a, and a side note here on that, this is kind of circling back to the beginning of the episode where I said I would stay on Disney property. It's it, it, Ubers, for the most part, and Lyft is safe, but I'd feel more comfortable if you were getting on a Disney bus to go back to your hotel versus riding in an Uber alone in a, a place that's not familiar to you. And now another thing that another tip, and, and we can transition to a, a different portion of the episode, but another tip, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you listen to other Disney podcasts. We certainly love that you listen to ours, but we're not selfish. I mean, there's enough Disney out there for everybody. And we want, we encourage you to listen to more Disney. There are other podcasts who are locally in Orlando that do Disney meetups. You could plan your all, trip around all the that. time, all the time. <laughs> you could go solo and you could meet other Disney lovers who you already have one thing in common. You listen to X podcast and went there for that Disney meetup. There is something I believe called mouse mingle or something like that as well, where you can connect with people and meet them in the park. Safety is number one here. Make sure everyone knows where you are, what you're doing, who you're with. But for the most part, your podcast meetup and meet and greets are very safe. They're organized. They're in the park. It's a time to meet, enjoy the park together. Maybe you go off and ride some rides, whatever. It's just a way to meet different people at Disney. Yeah. And like Tom said, I would, I would search out, you know, some, some message boards, maybe some websites like meetup.com. You know, there's great opportunities for you to connect with other Disney lovers that are doing the exact same thing that you're doing. But like Tom said, you know, meet up in the park. Don't meet up at, you know, a restaurant outside the park and you know, make your plans to go inside. But, you know, I feel like we're like really hitting this hard because safety is a big thing. And when you're by yourself, you know, you just need to take care of number one. Number one's you. And, you know, you have family and friends that are wanting you want to see you when you come back. So don't don't overdo it with, you know, meeting people outside the park. Just enjoy the park and enjoy you know, the friends you make there. So let's hit a quick list of pros and cons of going to Disney solo. I'll rattle off a couple pros. First and foremost, it's your trip. And I hit this earlier. You can do what you want when you want to do it. You're on your schedule. You're not on anyone else's schedule. If you're hungry, go eat. If you're not hungry, don't eat. If you want to ride this ride, ride it. That's one of the coolest things. You can stay where you want. It's your budget. You're the one You're the one paying for this trip. So you don't have to worry about what Leroy over here wants to do or where he wants to stay. It's your trip. So stay where you want. And then my third one I hit, and I'll, and I'll switch it, is you can eat where you want to eat. Find places you've always wanted to dine. Matt mentioned maybe you eat every 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 place in the world showcase because you've never done it and you want to do it. It's your trip. Yeah, 100%. You know, to touch on what Tom just said, it's fun fun places to dine. I mean, maybe you've always wanted to go to Cinderella's Royal Table, but you said, hey, you know, that's kind of pricey for, you know, me and a date or, you know, me and a couple other friends. Well, you can do this and it's way more affordable for you because you can budget for it. You can say, hey, I know I'm going to spend $50 on myself today at Cinderella, Cinderella's Royal Table, and that's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And you're going to enjoy it. Um, you know, stay where you want to stay. 
you don't have to compromise on anything. If you've always wanted to go stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge, go do it. Like I said earlier, the most fun thing you can do is find a resort that you want to hang out in outside of just a Disney park experience. And like Tom said, the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want at Walt Disney World. You can come and, come and go as you please if you have the park hopper. You can you know sit down on a bench and just hang out for a little bit. I think that you know if it was me, I mean Tom, let's talk about what we would do really quick just on these three subjects. So where where would you want to stay? We talked about it earlier, but I think that I'd I'd probably go a value resort because I'm not going to be in the I'm going to be in the parks more than the resorts. I would do a value resort as well. But I would be eating at Ohana. I'd be eating at Cinderella's Royal Table. I'd be eating at Be Our Guest. Like I would not sacrifice anything on my meals. Because I'm already in Disney World, you know, let's live it up. I'm not going to do quick service. What about you? I'd be treating myself. I still would probably do chicken strips and fries with honey mustard for my quick service lunch. But I'd be treating myself at dinner. There's no doubt about that. I, You know, and, and I can tell you a funny story, actually. I went into Hollywood Studios. I was alone in Hollywood Studios for a few hours the last trip I went on. Didn't mind it. Did what I wanted to do. Rode what I wanted to ride. And had really no complaints. Certainly it was fun when my friends got there. But I did what I wanted to do for those few hours. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so fun. Like, I mean, think about me. Like, when I used to go to Disney World as a young kid, I was super into pin trading. And after you went to Disney, you know, 10 straight years, there weren't, at that time, there weren't a whole, there was not a whole lot of ride innovation. There might be one ride that was new every three to four years. So my, my time at Disney World was pin trading, you know, uh, probably 25% of my trip. I loved it. So if you're a pin trader, go ahead, go have a blast in the parks and pin trade. But um, going back to dining really quick, one of the cool things about dining for one is it's not going to be that difficult to get a reservation. You know, you might get a, a prime time to eat at a prime restaurant just because you're a party of one. Um, you'd be shocked at how, how, how often you can just, you know, walk right in, sit down because they have, they have a spot for one person. Most people go to Disney World in twos, fours, sixes, eights. So keep that in mind. Um, Next, another pro of going to Disney World Solo Dolo is the single rider lines. A lot of the best rides at Walt Disney World have a single rider line option. And I know like when I was younger. I don't know if I'd say a lot. There are, there are a couple single rider options. A couple, a couple probably sounds, sounds better. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a few. It's not like when you go to Universal. I believe they have quite a few single rider options. Disney World does have the capabilities to do this. Flight of Passage, for example, has the, the option, but they just never open the single rider line because the standard queue takes so long. But where you have the single rider, you need to use it for obvious reasons. And the other places, rest assured, you're going to be able to land a fast pass easier than a party of four, for example, trying to land a fast pass in that same time slot. Exactly. And with single rider lines, too, you know, you're going to be able to ride some of your favorite rides. Like, I mean, I always think about Rock and Roller Coaster. You know, it's a classic single rider line attraction um expedition everest had a single rider line last time i was there um one of the big things that when i was younger and even the last couple of trips like you might have a party of three and you look at the standby line and it's 90 minutes but the single rider line's 20 and you know as a group you go in that single rider, single rider line anyway and you're always hoping that maybe maybe you'll get a ride together Disney does this right. More often than not, you're not going to be able to ride together. I'd probably say there's a 5% chance you're going to ride with your buddy if you get in the single rider line. So that's also another opportunity for you to meet somebody because you're going to be in, in, a, in a single rider line with people that are riding as a single. Yeah, and I think another another opportunity you have is 
any parades or fireworks shows that are there. It's tricky when you have a party of four, you have kids, you have try you don't want to stand in front of anybody, but you want to get a good view. As as a single, as a solo person going to Disney World, you can make your way to the fireworks show, get a really good spot, make your way to the parade, get a, and only worry about you. You yeah, know, of course you're going to you be fit. you're going to be courteous to the people around you, but primarily you're worrying about you. So that's it. That's a good opportunity. And then if we haven't said it or we don't, we don't say it enough, be a kid again. Go, I mean, I go to Disney World to be a kid again. This is truly a no judgment zone because nobody there knows you. They're not going to be paying attention to you. So do whatever you want. If you want to go take a picture with the characters and you're a grown adult, who cares? Go take a picture with the characters. And that's one of the best parts too, because there's going to be a cast member that can take that picture for you of you and Goofy or you and Mickey or you and Cinderella or you and you name the character. I mean, and, and more often than not too, you know, if you're if you're if you're going solo to Disney World and you see a family and you see the dad taking a picture of the mom and the children or the mom taking a picture of the dad and the children, you know, you can offer to take a picture for them of their entire family and they will 100% take a picture of you in that same setting with that same backdrop that you know, it will be a really cool picture, I think. You know, I have a million pictures of, you know, me trying to selfie myself into the picture and you know, it always just look it looks kind of off. So, you know, just be a kid again. Have so much fun because, you know, Disney World is meant to be fun. Um, Tom talked about this earlier, but, you know, just spend a, spend a lot more time talking to cast members, not just in the World Showcase. Disney has so many cast members on a college program. You know, I, I tell this story all the time. I had a buddy who worked in Epcot and he was, a, called him a custodial engineer. His job was to pick up trash in Epcot World Showcase. And he used to love telling his story of how he came you know, from a southeastern college, and he went to down down to Disney World, and he had the summer of his life. And you know, just talk to people, young or old. You know, we talk about it all the time. But you know, my mom's you know retirement dream is to be the fairy godmother at Walt Disney World. She wants to talk to all the children. She wants to make wishes come true. You're gonna have amazing experiences talking to cast members, young, old. You know, in the middle, it does not matter. They're gonna tell you fun stories about what they love about Disney. It's gonna 100% enhance your trip. And we hit on this one, uh, the next one as well earlier, meeting friends from message boards, podcasts that live close by. You know, that's, again, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor the point, but that's another pro to go in there on your own. If you're a huge fan of a podcast or you're a huge fan of the meetup type opportunities at Disney World, go do them. Uh, and on that note, it doesn't have to be a local podcast. I mean, you guys have a, have a pretty firm grasp of when we're in Disney World and when we're not in Disney World. But if you think we might be there when you're there, hit us up. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to go do a ride or two with you, you know, grab grab a quick service or, you know, a table service meal and just have a lot of fun because we're all here to, to connect with each other. That's what brings us together is this Disney World, you know, connection. So, yeah, definitely, you know, talk to people. You know, Tom said we're not the only podcast. Get on message boards. Find out the best way to connect with folks. Because you're all there for the same reason. Now, now there are cons in our opinion, and we can't we can't always sunshine pump everything. We go to Disney World quite frequently with our family or our friends, our significant others, because Disney's a fun place to be with other people. There can be frustrations, but I, you know, I typically always say you you walk around Disney World with one, with any family, you're going to see at least one Disney temper tantrum, one Disney blow up, whatever you want to call it, where where one child may be really tired, exhausted, the other one's not. 
And that's a juggling act for the parents. And you feel bad for them then. But aside from that little blip, the, Disney's really magical. And it's fun to do with other people. It's it's just, a I don't know. I can't. It, it's a place you can be a kid again. So I, I think the con here is when you do a solo Disney trip, you're not sharing it with someone else. You're not seeing someone else's face light up at the fireworks show or when their favorite character taps them on the shoulder from behind. You know, you're not really going to have those moments. You have to really just understand this is going to be a trip for you and nobody else. Uh, I mean, I would encourage you to you know take take joy and take pleasure and take excitement in seeing other people's excitements. But you know, you might walk you might walk by a family and wish your family was there, or you might see someone with their significant other and wish your significant other was there. So you know, just that you're doing Disney by yourself, and you have to reconcile that fact. Another one is depending on how you're going, because of course, if you're if you're a parent or you're a a single parent, you're not going to split the cost of your room with your kids. Of course, you know, you're going to cover that. But if you go with friends, typically, at least our friends, we always kind of split the cost of the room. Uh, you know, sometimes if dining, if we all just kind of order what we want, we don't really worry about it. Everything comes out in the wash. I mean, it's just kind of a more relaxed, uh, you got this tab, I got this tab kind of kind of event. If you go solo, it is all going to be on you. But let me say, you're going to spend less because you're only spending money for one. So it's kind of a pro and con. We listed it in the pros because you do what you want, you treat yourself, and you're you're within your budget because you're making the decisions. But there can be there can be opportunities or dinners or a room where you're paying a little higher price because you're only you're only paying one person's paying the bill. And on that note, talking about like dining, you know, if you're somebody that does not enjoy dining alone, like my wife, she will never go to a restaurant by herself. She'd rather go eat at the house and make a sandwich and hang out with our dog than go to a restaurant by herself. You know. You really need to ask yourself if this trip is for you because you have to be someone who's very comfortable in doing things by yourself. And that includes eating alone. You know, how do you feel about going to a restaurant by yourself? I mean, for me, I love it. Like that's my chance to, to disconnect for a little bit, take a breath, you know, reassess my day, figure out what I need to do next. You know, usually, you know, being a podcaster, I have a podcast in my ears. You know, I enjoy that time. So for, for me, this would be great. I would love to go to Disney by myself and just have a blast. But you need to really you know, consider how you're going to feel when you're there by yourself. And like we talked about earlier, you know, start slow. Like I, a con would be if you plan a five-day Disney trip and by day three you're miserable, you know, you're not really going to enjoy your time there. Yeah, do you got anything? We don't have very many cons because obviously we love Disney World and we want to go. But I think we have one more, right, Tom? Yeah, I'd say the last con... Pictures are different. I mean, yeah, you certainly, there are cast members there, but, it, you know, I think um, if you really enjoy taking photos of objects, if you're a photographer, an amateur photographer, great place to go. I would imagine that would be great to be on a solo trip as an amateur photographer because you don't have to worry about slowing anyone down. But if you're not, yeah, you're going to be taking selfies, you're going to be taking pictures of objects at Disney World, and you're going to have to spend quite a bit of time asking people to take pictures of you. Now, there are cast members all over, and they're actually... Most I've never, ever, ever had a family or another couple say no to taking a picture of me or, or my wife and I or, or my buddies and, or act negatively toward us before or after. Because what typically happens is you ask, will you take a picture of us? And they say, yeah, will you grab one of us right after? Like they've been thinking the same thing all day. And of course you would if you're solo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I can take whatever you need. Yeah. There you I go. Mean, you wait. made friends. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the key. I mean, with me, I, you know, it's funny. I could be on a plane separate from my wife and I'm going to make friends with people on my right side and my left side, even if I'm in the middle seat and we're all going to have fun. 
but you know some people you know that are introverted you know might not enjoy this or on the flip side they might actually really enjoy this so if you're an introvert and you're on the fence about this you know some people actually get a you know a release when they're by themselves and they can do what they want to do and they're in control of everything and they don't have to talk to everybody so i would i would think about that too um I mean, all in all, I mean, Tom, I think we've made a, a solo Disney trip, you know, aside from ending on the cons, sound pretty awesome. And I think I'm down to do one. I totally agree. I mean, I, I think I think there are pros and cons to anything you do at Disney World. And we were just hoping to give you our, our opinion and maybe help you realize your own opinion of going to Disney is A-OK. We would encourage it, especially if you don't have a family that loves Disney. But if you want to treat, if you're always the one sacrificing doing that vacation, that vacation, Take yourself to Disney on a long weekend. Go enjoy it. You'll you'll have an absolute blast. And the one thing that I would I, I want to kind of end the, you know the main topic here is if you live in Florida, if you live within a five hour drive, you know a four hour drive, consider getting an annual pass and just go to Disney when you can. Because how often do we sit there on a Saturday and say what did I really do today or what am I going to do today? If if you're on the fence of the annual pass and you live close enough, you could wake up at 7 a.m., get to Disney, you know, by by noon, hang out for five or six hours and then head back to your house and still have a great day that's probably way better than your normal Saturday or Sunday. So I, I would consider, you know, getting an annual pass if I want to do a lot of solo Disney trips and connecting with people on message boards because, you know, I I know for a fact that I've talked to people who met on a Disney message board and are best friends now because they just share that passion for Disney. Well, good stuff. Yeah. And uh, I totally agree and echo all his comments. And on that note, I think it's time to go to Tom with the secret and trivia question of the night. So, Tom, what do we have here? So we're going to start with the secret of the night as we normally do. Obviously, I'm messing around because I'm, I'm pretending to be Pete here. But uh, Disney secret of the night. Did you know? Why is it always twilight inside of the Mexico Pavilion? within the World Showcase? Well, because twilight is the time friends and family will gather in the plaza for socializing in the Mexican culture. Therefore, the pyramid and plaza area always represents twilight, uh, the, the twilight time, whenever you go to visit that pavilion. So that was actually a secret from my wife tonight. She helped me out with the secret, so kudos to her. Going to the trivia question of last week, had a lot of guesses, had unfortunately a lot of wrong guesses, but we did have I have to, I'll have to give Dawn another shout-out because she's been killing it with her Disney trivia. Uh, so I'll remind you, the question was, the great movie ride says, ready when you are, blank, or to a set of initials when the ride begins. What initials did he or she say when they said, ready when you are, C, B as in boy, C as in cat, B as in boy. C, B are the initials that they said, and that represents Cecil B., Demille, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that name correctly. That was uh, that was the best best guess I could, and great participation on this one. We really, really appreciate all the Twitter mentions and the emails that we get. So, going to give you a little bit of a throwback trivia question tonight. This is an attraction that's no longer at Disney World, and a animatronic has been stolen from this. I want to make sure I don't give out too many hints on what the answer could be. The question is in Cranium Command, formerly in Epcot. Uh, what was the name of the young boy whose brain was being piloted by Buzzy? So, if you remember the attraction, if you've ever been, if you were fortunate enough to ride the attraction, you are kind of sitting in the brain of a young boy. That's the name we're looking for. Whose brain are you sitting in? Who are you helping navigate? What cranium are you navigating and commanding with your pilot, Buzzy? Uh, so, the question again in Cranium Command, which was formerly in Epcot, what was the name of the young boy whose brain was being piloted by Buzzy? 
you can tweet us at mendowdw at gmail.com. I'm sorry, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. I was going to guess Buzzy, so I think I'm wrong. You would have been incorrect. Uh, can, I however, get, can I get partial credit? Sure. We just don't need you to guess anymore because we want to give our listeners a chance. But in closing, that's all we have for you guys this week. Please tune in ne- next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast or via our email at mendowww.gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at the listed addresses. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.